Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. What's up, Sam? Where we at, Sam? We are in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. We made City it. City of Angels. We made it. So in today's episode, I know we came out west, but in the episode, we are going east. Uh, we're very excited to have our uh, esteemed guest, Mr. Andrew Spalter, founder of East Coast Global. Andrew is truly an expert when it comes to helping different talent, whether it's entrepreneurs, musicians, actors, um, grow their presence and uh, internationally with a focus on the Eastern market. So, for example, he helps DJ Snake, Will Smith, all of these different artists um, manage their different social profiles and help grow and acquire audiences in major Eastern markets, China, uh, Japan, so on and so forth. Um, Instagram, Spotify, the platforms that we all know and love aren't even available in a lot of those different markets. So there's a lot of different nuance required. But with that said, I mean, China alone the population is 1.4 billion people. I mean, for perspective, U.S. Is around like 340, 350 million. That's almost like a quarter less, a quarter of the total population of China. So uh, as we like to say, that the yuan is is waiting. Chasing that yuan. You got to get yeah. the yuan. We tried, man. We tried. We looked that shit up before we recorded <laughs> this shit. We tried. I'm just telling y'all now. But um, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, thought, I thought Andrew's episode was great. And I, I think it'll be great for people to hear because I don't think at least in my career thus far, I've, I've taken, and I sound, you know, after talking to Andrew, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I haven't taken the Chinese market as seriously as I should have. You know, he's telling us these numbers on their, you know, viewership on TV shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. on, you know, single releases, getting hundreds of millions of plays in China, and they get, you know, it's possible that they could have two to three, three you know, million in, in the U.S. So you can really make, and I think... That's, you know, based off his, you know, this is sort of his business model. You can really make an entire strategy just for that area of the world, you know? Yeah. So I think people, everybody, this is relevant to everybody, literally managers, people who work at labels, anybody in the music industry, anybody who has a brand in general, whether it's them or their artist, I think this is relevant to them. For sure. And I, yeah, I think it's not too early to start. And I think tons of tactics in this episode. So without any further ado, Mr. Andrew Spalter. Ni hao, Andrew. He didn't tell me about all. that. <laughs> that is awesome. That's all I got. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That caught me so off guard. <laughs> that was great. Very, very excited to have you on today. Um, excited to be here. For sure. I think, uh, by the way, out in LA for the first time, music business podcast. You're the yeah. first ever Woo! LA guest. This is very uh, prestigious. Um, <laughs> with that said, I think uh, very excited to learn a little bit about what you do, East Coast Global, and some of the different takeaways that some of the listeners can get. So, I guess before we dive into specifics and tactics, we'd love to just hear the founding story of East Coast Global. I know you've been kind of doing sure. some work in the music industry, but a lot of our people, listeners, very entrepreneurial. So, sure. you're just sharing that entrepreneurial journey would be amazing. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So thanks for having me. Welcome to LA. Welcome to Grammy Weekend. Um, Thank you. Welcome to the madness. Yeah. And yeah. the best part of it, it's warm here, you know, so oh, you man. guys got that going. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so I guess, I mean, I'll start from the beginning. I was in music management, always 
that kid in college, uh, you know, I'm 26 now. So I was that kid in college four years ago that was finding bands, you know, reaching out to them, asking them who was on their team, all that sort of stuff. Started managing a lot of bands and working with them. It was in college, a lot of developing bands that really just kind of were developing a lot of SoundCloud artists, YouTube artists, nothing mm-hmm. really of substance. Moved out to LA, was working with a few bands, and then ultimately met the Madden brothers, Joel and Benji of Good Charlotte, when they were starting their management company. Mm-hmm. Um, one of their clients that they had on the roster was Jesse J from really the inception of their company and when they launched. Um, I was working with Joel as his, as his executive assistant and then worked my way up there to be a day-to-day once the company grew and grew and grew. Yep. Um, from there, I became super close with Jesse J just because her and I were working across a bunch of stuff together. Um, started And then her tour manager left to go work with Sean Mendez and his still his tour manager to this day. This guy, Kez Dark, one of my mentors in the industry and just an overall good dude. And I'm actually seeing him tomorrow because they're off cycle right now, which is great. Or not off cycle, but they're in Grammy mode. So it's here, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was working with Jesse J as a day-to-day and tour manager. At one point, she was like, I'm going to do the show in China. We need to fly the whole team out there. You guys need to be there on the ground, obviously, as a tour manager. We just thought it was a show that she was going to sing on in China as like a guest star, you know, like sing and perform her show or whatnot, and her, her songs. Um, we land there and they're like, yeah, your competitors are in this room. You should go meet them, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, whoa, this is a competition show. <laughs> and it turns out, it's a, imagine if you had the voice today, but every competitor was like Adele, Bruno Mars, Gwen Stefani, Justin Timberlake, like the top of the top artists yeah. in the Western world. Just in China, these people are selling out stadiums and arenas and they're competing. No egos, none of it. It's like, it's a huge look. They're getting 100 million viewers a week, a billion during the finale. What? Yeah, different level. What? Yeah. So she's the first international artist on the show. She ends up making it through every week because her voice is one of the best of our generation, you know? And so she, we get through. Wait, how many weeks? How many weeks? Four months. It was four months. We were out there for four. Did you months. did you know you were gonna be out there for no, four months? No, we you know, we thought we were gonna be there for a month and a half, do half the season, and then, you know, get out. But um we didn't understand the, you know, how the show went. And if you win, you keep going. And right. we started to learn very quickly like what it took to be an artist in China and like what that entails and like how the artists that were performing, they would, you know, they'd be on the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they'd be selling out stadiums around China. Right. 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 So in the meantime, what we did is instead of like, we're not playing shows. We don't know what's going on. So we're like flying to Shanghai, like going to Hong Kong, you know, like taking trips all around. And we're really like, in me being on the ground there, I'm like, I'm the day to day here. I'm going to learn everything I can about the music industry. She signed to UMG Worldwide at this time two years ago. China was not really a big focus. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and so I started to question a lot of things like, how do we capitalize on social media management? How do we capitalize on the DSPs that are out there and not available here? How do we like how do we really make this worth our while? And started to outsource and try to find teams that did what I do now. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll dive into that in a minute, I'm sure. But I couldn't find right ones. A lot of people would they'd feed off of the lack of knowledge in the China space. Right. And capitalize on that and go, pay us. We'll take care of it. But we'd be sitting back here being like, well, what are you doing? Right. Like, how do we know? I have no idea. Right. Um, so came back into LA, you know, had a lot of sleepless nights where I was like, I've always been entrepreneurial. I wanted to start something. Yeah. And this just, I couldn't 
not do something in this space, helping out artists from the Western world develop and break in the Eastern world and actually understand it with their teams. Um, and also help Chinese artists get out of China, not necessarily get out, but develop across the world. Right. How many Chinese artists can you guys name off the top of your heads? None. Not many. You know? So, you know. so Ronnie Rich Chinese? So yeah, so so I mean that was really the full encompassing story of like I just saw a need in the market. I saw people that were doing it improperly and kind of not honestly, and that was a huge issue to me yeah. because of especially I mean, you guys are interviewed you guys have interviewed forty you've had forty podcasts and you probably know just about everyone in the industry. And you probably know that there's a lot of people that come and go, a lot of fakes, yeah. you know, and not a lot of people who do the real good work. Right. Um, and that was a big thing in that in that side of the world. So I was like, this has to stop. So now, fast forward almost two years later, and I run a company now called East Coast Global that works with a lot, a majority of Western artists trying to develop in the China space um, through digital social media management. Um, DSP management, marketing, playlisting, influencer campaigns, ad spend campaigns. And it's stretched from where originally it was just musicians to actors, actresses, influencers, models. I mean, you kind of name it. And now we're diving into sports in the next awesome. couple of weeks. So we're going to be working with a lot of NBA players that I can't announce yet, but it's a lot of like all-star A-list uh, players that nice. we jump into. It's exciting. How yeah. often do you go to China now? Every two to three months. Every two, three months. And yeah, then, for and about like a week or two at a time to like Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen, Hong Kong. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. how do you, I mean, I assume what you do a lot of it, you have to just be generally up on market shifts in, in China. Totally. So how do you keep yourself privy to those changes? It's a really good question. There's a lot that goes on, especially in the political landscape. Yeah. So like a lot of, you know, like hip hop is frowned upon by the government, but beyond love. By the people of China. Right. Beyond. I mean, there was a show called Rap of China in 2017. The combined total viewership was 2.7 billion people Yo, across what? 12 episodes in one season. What? Yeah. The scale is just, yeah, the scale is just crazy. I'm so, like, bro, we got a break in China, yo. Music business podcast got to well, be in China. That's you the know thing. A like, lot damn. of people. I mean, damn, a lot of yo. people, they clean up in China. They go over there, clean up, go get bags, come back. And yeah. A lot of people, a lot of artists that I really can do better there than they do here. Right. You know, so it just depends. It really just depends. It's just reading literally CNN or NBC or like whatever mm -hmm. and just seeing, okay, you know, the trade war, this is what's happening there and how mm -hmm. it affects artists and actors and this. Really, it doesn't all too much because it just affects the products that are made. Right. You Man know, like physically manufactured. Physically manufactured. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and ultimately just being very, where aware of if you're working with an artist that's smoking a lot of weed and stuff like we're not posting that on their social media channels it's right super it's a huge no-no right. right super frowned upon um nudity all that sort of stuff like we just kind of stay away from it but still you know work around the voice that an artist has and still develop that in the market right know? Right. Yeah. Why why do you think there is such a big cultural divide when it comes to I mean the fact that Jordan and I who spend so like our time living and breathing yeah. music can't name one Chinese artist? <laughs> I think I think it's because it's it's a country that's been relatively not necessarily closed off, but in a sense kind of closed off where it's like you have to have a very explicit visa that says I can tour here. 
mm-hmm. I can go literally be a tourist here. Right. You know, I could I could do business here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been like that for decades, for as long as people have gone in and out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and also, it's just different. It's like though you know, people in China they come here and they think, oh my god, like. Why can you do this? And why can't you do this? And why is this the y'all are posting this? What it's the same? <laughs> it's the same concept, right? You know, but just a di- but just flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think you, music is just as ahead of its time as it is behind of its time. There, producers mm-hmm. are the same. You know, artists are the same, and it's a lot of. There's not a lot of development that I've seen, real development, where it's like we're going to be playing, you know, a hundred nights driving in a van across the country. Right over there, you tend to see a lot of the people that break out are the ones that were on a TV show super early on. Right, just because per capita, you've whether you know the Voice, you're getting a few million viewers a night. There, you're getting a hundred million viewers. Right. right, you know, so overnight it's very easy to build a good fan base when you're on TV when you're promoted properly when you have a collaboration with the top artist and it's a and a lot of like pay for play stuff out there really right. yeah. interesting yeah very interesting when it does come to trying to make artists that you're servicing and working with that may have some very solid traction in the states uh, or internationally yeah. um break in China i mean obviously i think it's it's not just like always going to be subtitling this video. I think there's some right. level of attention you need to play to these cultural nuances, right? 100%. Can you speak to some more some specifics in that regard? I know you spoke sure. to kind of like general community guidelines, no nudity, sure. but beyond that, like making somebody truly culturally relevant there. How do you think about that and approach that? That's a really good question. And I think and I'm glad that you asked that because every single time I meet with someone that that's that's part of our pitch. It's how do you even go about this? Like where do we start? You know, and so first, is it different for every artist, or are there things that are? Across it is different all for artists. every artist, just right. because right now hip hop is kind. Of, it, it's not frowned upon by the government; it is, but by kids, it's loved. Right. So you really want to probably play because into that. it's frowned upon by the government, right? Exactly. <laughs> it, you know, it's like it was in the seventies and eighties, yeah, you know, exactly. Nineties. It's like it's cra- it's crazy. It's really interesting to watch, right? But so every artist is different, but the underlying tone is number one. It's like if you're an artist out here in the states. You're gonna want to be on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, you know, and TikTok now and whatever else and Triller and who else, whatever else there is. Um, just as in China, the reason why we start with social media management is because if you're an artist, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Spotify are all not available in China. Mm. So a lot of artists are like, "Well, we're doing this, this, this," and I'm like, "Well." Well, you're not really working that market because you don't have that reach in that space, mm-hmm. right? So that's number one. Number two is getting on to the DSPs that they have and use there with each 800 million to a billion users on each of these platforms and going, your photo is literally from 2011 and you're yeah. signed. You're a major label <laughs> artist. Right. I go, they've just never, you've never worked this space, you know? So it's the start. You would, of course, if you're working the US, you're going to make sure your Spotify image is updated. You're verified on the platform. You're, you have an Instagram that's popping, all that sort of stuff. Same concept out in China. Then if you want to take it a step further, then what all of our managers do that we work with, they go to their agents and they go, hey, we just verified our NetEase account with East Coast Global. We have a Weibo account. We, we're doing this. We're verified on this platform. We're posting and communicating with fans. We have this many. It's This is how much engagement is, like the, what percentage it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We're going over to Asia. Why are we doing just Beijing and Shanghai? Each right. of those cities have 30 million people each. Go play a few shows in each of those markets. 
tour around the country, spend an extra week and go to five extra three to five extra cities, you know, and really start developing there. Um, then from there, the artists that we work with, you know, that really flourish are the ones that are willing to do the branding deals in that space mm. that are willing to us a and r a bit and go here's a chinese artist that wants to work with western artists we're gonna plug him in with you do you want to do a release exclusively to the china market and you know the artists that really succeed it's like yeah i do because i really want to work this space right you know so someone who did it really well is halsey halsey has been over to korea a bunch of times then she decided i'm going to collaborate and I don't know if it's her or the BTS side or what. Right, she collaborated right. with BTS, who's the biggest boy band, Korean boy band in the world. Yeah. Right? Well, one of the biggest boy bands in the world. One of the bo- biggest boy bands in the world. They went number one in the U.S. too. Yeah. So she does that. Uh, overnight, she's a sensation in Asia. Yeah. Right? So that's the stuff that we look at. We look at the bigger fish that are like, listen, we'll do the the dirty work, but it's up to you guys to really dive into it and go, okay, I'm going to find a Korean artist. I'm going to find a Malaysian artist. I'm going to find a Chinese artist, you know? And latch on to those artists and be like, you get put on the map by one of them, it's game over. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what are some things that you think the markets could learn from each other? So the um, that the Western market could learn question. from the Eastern market and vice versa? I think the I think the overall thing that both should learn is that it's not untouchable on either mm-hmm. side. And it's not different. I always say this, it's not each market is different but not in a bad way. Right. It's just different. Get over it. Right. You know, like that's what you got to do. Like you got to right. see it as like, they don't have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. It's what like, do they have? What do they have? Like, right. let me use those so that I could adhere to one seventh the world's population. Right. And it's not just in China. It's every student who comes out and studies at a university that came from China. It's every immigrant from China. It's right. 600,000 people in Manhattan, 20% of Toronto is Chinese Canadians. Yeah. You know, so you look at that and you're like, just do it. It's like, why are you on Instagram? Because you just did it because people are doing it, you know? So as opposed to looking at it at, at from the China side of things, looking at the Western world is like, oh, I don't want to touch Instagram. I don't want to touch Facebook. It's like, just you, try it out. It's how it is, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And, and I think that people just need to kind of understand that it's like, this is how it is. You, you, you're going to play into it or you're not. Right. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear some specific... Uh, stories of different artists you've worked with that you're particularly proud of or sure. kind of big takeaways or lessons or even some case studies that you tend to speak to? Yeah, so I think the 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 good example, the over-the-top example is definitely Jessie J. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I was working with MDDN as her day-to-day and tour manager, she was on a big show in China. So that catapulted her star power in that space and her overall artistry and reach in that market. Um, like I was saying earlier, just overnight, you know, you have hundreds of millions of people watching these shows. You're bound to grow substantially in that space. Yeah. Um, you know, other people that do really well over there, someone like Dua Lipa, right? So she did a tour. She went through China. She did Shanghai. It was all over the news. She did, you know, all these cities and it did really well. She has social media. She has verified accounts. Like they're doing it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so someone who plays into it also really well is Troy Savon, the Australian mm. um, male pop artist. Yeah. They adore him in the China market. He's done a tour, a China tour, not an Asia tour, a China tour, right? So doing things like that, that substantially helps your career in that space. Avril Lavigne, when she started her career, she started touring China decades ago. Yeah, I actually She's, heard. I actually she sells out arenas that. in China. 
That's wild. Yeah. Um, Lauv also does a really good job over there, too. Lauv also does a really good job. Yeah. 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 So in his huge over there. Huge. In his, you know, they, I shouldn't say they, but the China market tends to like these male pop, you know, bedroom pop esque yeah. types of artists. Yeah. And the, like Troy Savon, Lauv, Laney, they love that type. Right. Alec Benjamin, um, females, they gravitate towards Billie Eilish, Claro, Ali X. Um, you know, people that could actually sing and perform, and yeah, it's interesting, yeah, you know. Um, but it just depends, man. It's like there's no secret sauce to it, it's literally just you're an artist that is liked globally, mm-hmm. you're an artist that's doing well, developing over there. You might have a viral hit, you might right. have a song that was licensed to a movie that you don't even know about, mm-hmm. you know, it just yeah, depends. totally, totally, totally. Yeah, when you think about when. It, when it comes to your approach on a more kind of like tactical, like process level, and obviously, yeah. I mean, you don't have to share, spill all the beans, but as many beans as you are willing to spill. Yeah. Um, what's kind of like step one, step two, step three? I mean, step one, you already alluded to. Make sure you're literally just on, on the relevant platforms. Yeah. And then step two, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, there has to be some level of consistency across content. And, 100%. And then, but then the type of content has to be a little bit. It just has to be, ultimately, you have to build a brand in a space that you've never built your brand before. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so we deal with a lot of meetings where I meet with a ton of managers and I go, listen, like, you're a popping artist, like, top of the charts, like, you're winning a Grammy Award, yet your photo on the biggest platforms in China is from 2015 and you don't have social media. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to start from the beginning where it's like, if you were never on Instagram, right? Right. You've missed that five years. If you started your artistry five years ago, you've missed that five years of people searching for your page, mm-hmm. you know? So it's about going back and really like grassroots, like building your voice, building your brand development and making sure you're able to tell a story more so than like, you know, copying an Instagram post. Like, right. you know, th- something that we were talking about before we hopped on the podcast is today is the Chinese New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's the first day of the Chinese New Year. Um, and something that we're having all of our clients do is record a video liner that simply just shouts out everyone in China, wishing them a happy Chinese New Year. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, like artists really, if you know, if I was back in management, I would tell all artists that they should at least record an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. At least put something on their Facebook if they don't have Chinese social media, just giving a shout out to every, you know, to literally a huge percentage of the world's population. Yeah. You know, um, that's the way that I look at it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Appreciate this too, because even for a lot of our listeners, it might be focused more on just building their initial traction right. in their local markets. A lot of these same exact principles still apply, and right? Being able across to across the board, I, right? Identify you know? who your customer segment is. What are the culturally relevant or important moments or things happening mm-hmm. in those like sub worlds, those sub markets, and how can you speak to that? Resonate with that? Yeah. Whether your artist is super into fitness, and there's a big fitness thing or basketball exactly. thing. Finding those overlaps with your audience. Yeah, and yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think it's just, you know, easier for people to do that when they're in their own culture. I think there are right. a lot of cues that they don't think about. But if you actually zoom out and think, right. this is why I do what I do and why I was successful, not just in, you know, in hip hop or in R&B, but yeah. in America, if you can if you can step back from what it seems like, right. you can step back and analyze yourself in that view. Yeah. And you try to find your parallels, it seems like, in China. Exactly. And know? knowing, like, you know, if you are any type of artist of any genre, you love the NBA. Mm-hmm. The NBA is one of the most beloved sports in China. Yeah. For Chinese people. It's it's one of the only um, TV channels that runs 24-7 that allows 
photo uh, video of tattoos. Wow. You know, so it's like, right. it's, it's leaning into that. If you have tattoos, if you have that, like, that's cool to people. Right. You know, if you like the NBA, that's cool to people. If you love, you know, China's a huge food culture. If you are a foodie, play into food culture. Right. You know, so it's thinking like that, you know. Flash, didn't Stefan Marbury speak and like go on to have like an incredible career? So he in is, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, th- I think I there's a documentary coming out about him soon, actually. Yeah, I think it's him that he's like a coach in the Chinese Basketball Association. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, because I remember too, after he, his time in the NBA, yeah. he became like a He's a star. superstar yeah. in China. He lives That's in wise. China. He literally, to everyone who's going to listen to this, like go on Instagram and like look up his Instagram. Yeah. It's all about him in China. That's, that's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. he's, he's, I mean, that's funny that he has Instagram also because now he lives right. in China. So he probably right. has both. Oh, yeah. He has <laughs> both. Know? And I think he's doing better on the Chinese yeah. 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 What's sure. the? I mean, you briefly touched on this. And I don't yeah. want to spend too much time here because… I don't know how relevant it is, but out of just my own curiosity, you yeah. spoke to the censorship, like yeah. uh, one channel where it shows people wearing tattoos. Like, yeah. That's wild. I mean, even for somebody like Step, I mean, how do you, pl- what are the confines that people need to play within in that market? And then even for something like Instagram, like, can you even have Instagram on your phone in mainland China? So if you're, if you're in mainland China, you have to download a VPN. In order to get to Instagram. To say that you're not in the country to download whatever. Usually just because when people are on iPhones or other Huawei phones or whatever, they're logged into an app store that's in China. Mm. So that's how they monitor it. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's like when I go over to China, I use my data plan. It's like with ATT, it's 10 bucks a day Mm -hmm. to have your plan that you have here in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. And because I'm on my plan. Yeah, I'm on. You could be on Instagram all day long, Spotify, right. whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. One. Uh, so I live and breathe digital marketing. Yeah. I mean, I'm focused more on uh, Western markets, but yeah, <laughs> like spending all this TikTok. Obviously, tons right. of hype around TikTok, and yep. I think statistically the growth is so promising that like all signals are pointing like TikTok is a priority platform. Average mm-hmm. age will grow 100%. over time. Yeah. The one of the biggest concerns though from yeah. people like further in the industry is that like. There might be some red, fl- red flags given the fact this is owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. And right. they push back saying they're not sharing any of this data anywhere. But this is like a very legitimate concern to yeah. the longevity of TikTok in the U.S. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on that? Is that something people need to worry about? Like, is it just all BS and hype? No, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of both of the latter things that you said. Like, I, I don't think it's anything anyone really needs to worry about. It's just like when people are using the um, that face aging face app, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know where everyone's like yeah. oh russia owns this blah 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 blah. it's like Surprise! man it's like <laughs> yeah but it's like you're on your phones all day long yeah. everything that you do is out there and the yeah. internet and and i don't know listen tiktok is owned by a chinese company called bite dance mm-hmm. they purchased musically turned it into what it is now tiktok right in china they have a app called doyen which is literally i showed you guys before this it's the equivalent of tiktok in in china in China, you can't download TikTok. And outside of China, you can't download Doyen. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's the number one app, social app in China right now is Doyen. And obviously, the number one here is TikTok, right? Yeah. Um, it's, they're two of the same platforms. It's wild, wildly used. Um, but what's interesting is that while UMG and all the major labels have licensed their music and catalogs to TikTok, they have not to Doyen. So you'll go on to Doyen and you might have a viral song, you know, from a Western artist, 
but chances are it's like a snippet of something that somebody else pulled that wasn't it's like you can't search right a UMG artist on Doyen because it's just not there. So it's usually fan uploads, mm. which is really interesting. And I think that that's going to be a big issue. Yeah. Um, simply because I don't know if like TikTok, you can be, can you make money off TikTok? Does anyone? I mean, there's the the creator marketplace where there's right. actually TikTok is brokering influencer payments and collabs. Can like people you, you make can money get paid off publishing? Like, I'm pretty sure on TikTok streams. Okay, so that's something yeah. that's not happening then on Doyen. Yeah, You know, so I think that that's maybe you might run into an issue. But again, it's in the ethos of this is in China. We can't really monitor this. Mm -hmm. It's owned by a Chinese company. It's like, chances are you're, it's just going to be in the ethos of this yeah. is out in the world and I, whatever, you know? Right, right, right. Um, I don't think that there's like, I definitely don't think that it's going anywhere anytime soon, mm -hmm. you know, or like, mm -hmm. some, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you you get to work with some I mean amazing artists, uh, interesting individuals across different industries. But yeah. um, Will Smith, yeah, I mean he's crushing marketing in general. Yeah, you know, he's not necessarily as deep in the music game as he once was. Yeah, um, he's a great team around. Him. Yeah, the Westbrook guys, they do a yeah, lot of great work for sure. And they, I mean they replicate that service for other talent as well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah and totally. then um, I mean, can you talk about how you? I mean, just as somebody that's a fan of Will and his yeah. socials, getting to talk to somebody that is a part of that puzzle. How do you, how have you approached it for Will? What have been some of the learnings along the journey? Sure. Um, so yeah, so we started working with Will around the time the movie Gemini Man came out. Yeah. Um, they're just close, super closely connected with a few guys on their team um, over the years through like internships, believe it or not. And um, <laughs> we reconnected at a conference, and he was like, "Oh wait, you're doing China stuff. Like we need you wait, know." So you met them. You were both interns. No, so he was president of another company oh but you met him when you when were when i was intern. an intern for the yeah yeah okay. okay yeah and then years later we met up again just randomly bumped into one another and and a year after we bumped into one another he was like we're going over to china for some film promo the chinese film industry is the second largest film market in the world right so they're bringing in hundreds of billions of dollars a year for the film industry right um will had gemini man they needed you know a team that could really be like them, nimble, quick, fun, could be on the ground to be like, you know, we need to subtitle this video and get it out because this is what we're doing in the next hour. And we mm -hmm. need you to help with the social launches and the verifications and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we do dove in pretty quickly, you know, as like a team member. Really. Right. Um, working with his team, the things that we do to execute, you know, he has people around him at all times that shoot content. He's shooting his own. He grabs the camera at times. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Like, you guys probably watch his shit. Like, it's super, super cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we do is we work directly with his team on a daily basis to get those pieces of footage, subtitle them, change the music to adhere to the China market, um, and then upload them onto the channels that we work with daily that are in China that he lives on, you know, with millions of followers mm -hmm. and whatnot, and work with those Weibo and Doyin teams to promote his channels properly mm -hmm. you know the way that they should be because he's actually he technically he is an influencer on these channels yeah you know so it's yeah. it's actually creating great content and gives the people a reason to download it to watch his stuff right um for you know he was we broke some serious stats he he was the number one most engaged western celebrity on weibo in october he was the first ever western person on do and when i say western i mean everything outside of china that he was the first person to ever break the top 10 charts on Doyen. 
Um, so we've done a lot of great work with him. He hit a million followers in three days on Doyen. Wow. Like it's it, it's crazy the influence that this guy has. Yeah. Like, yeah. And also he's just great to work with. Like he's really fun and funny and like what you see him doing is like actually him. It's not a facade. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. amazing. It's yeah. awesome. Um growth hacks. Everybody, I mean, I know yeah. there's no shortcuts to growth. And obviously not everybody like has the carry over clout of Will Smith to yeah. drive one million followers in three days. But um, I do. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up? Shit. Speak, for you, speak for yourself, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be mad because you ain't got the juice. I got the juice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what, it, what are various tactics that you see working well in growing audiences across those platforms? Especially knowing that like, but like the TikTok yeah. equivalent is literally just like TikTok with a different yeah. skin in China. I mean, you have influencers. You know, mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing today across the board, across all social media globally. You know, you have influencers that you can meet. That There's so many people that are Chinese influencers that live in LA, that live in New York, that live in Toronto, that like go to the beach and show people what the lifestyle is in LA and go to different restaurants and all that sort of stuff. And then you could take it a step further and get teams that can find these influencers to create specific campaigns with your artists or clients or whoever it is you're working with. You know, and if you have a budget, you can pay these people to put you on a map. Yeah. Um, we all know, every everyone listening to, that it is super super interesting market where it's like you might pay 10 influencers 10 grand a pop and who's to say that your song or anything's going to do well right yeah it really has to connect you know like yeah. the Lil Nas X thing was like who who I mean who knew that that was going to pop off the way that it did and yeah. come with a record deal and then him actually follow up with a great EP and an album you know that like he's literally most successful single of all time exactly. on the Billboard charts most weeks in number one Right, and he bought Old the town beat. Road. He bought the beat for what twenty bucks? Yeah, from a producer in Amsterdam. Right. Yeah. So and that, that producer's rich as hell too. He's got a publishing deal, yeah. all that. Yeah. Exactly. So you look at that, and you're just like, "This is an. It, it, it's not weird. It's today. You know, like this is happening today. There, the growth hack. I tell everyone, there's no secret sauce. Yeah. You can buy followers, but even if you bought them on Instagram, people know it's fake. Yeah. Because of your engagement. Same thing in China. You buy followers, it looks terrible on your channels. You can put ad spend behind it, but it, it only gives you a certain amount of impressions. And if it doesn't connect with that market, good luck. You can use influence. I mean, there's really no secret sauce. It's just like if it works, it works. Lil Nas X worked. You know, there's like, I wish there were growth hacks because that would make my job a yeah, lot yeah. easier. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everybody wants a shortcut. Yeah. I'll, I'll always ask because sometimes. I mean, even on like Instagram, every now and then there's like little, there are little like growth hacks right. or like API holes, like yep. this ins automated Instagram story views was yep. a thing for a couple months where like you could literally view 10,000 plus stories in a day and people would just see you on their story and click scroll, back. Scroll, scroll, yeah, scroll. Yeah. 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 But you'd see a noticeable spike in like follower growth. Yeah. So right. it's, uh, but then Instagram starts to like crack down. I, I mean, mean, I mean, I think it's just like going back to basics. Like when yeah. we geotag stuff that definitely gains more viewers than anything that we wouldn't geotag simply mm -hmm. because people are looking at Beijing or Shanghai right. or whatever. It right. Is, you know, um, hashtagging certain things. It's like, you know, something that really works well, actually a growth hack is like we do. So Netflix, the show Queer Eye. Yeah. Right. There's one of the, the guy who Bobby Burke is his name. He's, he's the redhead who is the interior designer. He, mm -hmm. it, it's 
people joke because he's like the one that um does the most on the show. Yeah, he, he literally like, will demolish your house and like the next day you have a brand new house. <laughs> yeah. And then when like Anthony is making like a guacamole dish or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we work with him and his China presence and, and you know, and they just launched a show in China that they're announcing it's a, the, their version of Queer Eye. Awesome. Every one of the five cast members is straight. So interesting. So he was like, you know, so a lot of the people saw it that deal with queer eye, and they're like, this is a ripoff, and they're not straight. <laughs> like, or, or, and, and they're they straight, straight. Yeah. And they're not. So it was really interesting. And he spoke about that on his page. Overnight, we grew thousands of followers because people were assimilating him for the show Queer Eye that didn't know that he had a Weibo channel. And he was interacting with it and, call, and calling it out the way that it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like starting a conversation. Yeah. Which a local conversation. Exactly. And yeah. so that was really substantial. That did really well. Another person that we work with, David Foster, he's a Grammy Award. I mean, I think he's like 16 or 17 Grammy Awards. He's a Canadian producer, um, super old school. He's done everyone. If you look up David Foster, it's like next, next level, like legend right. status. Right. Um, he was on a TV show in China, so he got he, as a judge. He built up his following, and something that we do often is uh, have him listen to some Chinese artist music and like comment on it on his Weibo. And those fans see that and like, oh my god, David Foster noticed me. Like, <laughs> there he, this Western seventeen Grammy Award winning producer mm-hmm. is commenting on my music. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's another. It's just like really feeding into what is your niche market. Finding that and exploiting it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at what point should artists, especially early artists, from the start? I know what you're going to ask. Yeah, from the start. When should they dive into everything China related? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What I was going to ask. A hundred percent. I think <laughs> Zach, you got yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Well, we hear. I get it a lot, and I go. You know, it's like today. It's yesterday because mm-hmm. it's just like that example that I used. If you launch your Instagram tomorrow, and you've developed ten years ago, you're investing. You've missed time out. Into it. On all the, you know, 10 years of people who are searching for your stuff. You know, yeah. fans. Really people that you can convert into sales and tours and tickets and merchant. Actual real fans. And something that we struggle with is a lot of people will come to us way too late in the game. Mm-hmm. And I go, man, no matter the work, like, it's going to be tough to dive in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's interesting. But that that's, def- that's what I would say. Yeah, what I see a lot in the music industry in the Western world is… um people, artists are really hesitant to start posting until they have something pinned down, like a yes. brand or a story. And yeah. they, they overthink it, you know? Yeah. Um, and my opinion was always just to, you know, get Go you, for you it. have to find your voice. Yeah. Right. You can't just like You can't make it up. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good so, point. A lot of, I'm sure you guys deal with it a lot, but like you'll see a lot of the artists that I a few of the artists that I've worked with in the past they'll be so hesitant to even post an Instagram story. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you're never going to find your voice if you're questioning every single thing that you're doing. Especially on a story that lives for 24 hours (laughs) when you have like 10,000 fans. I'm like, bro, like live. Right. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. So so when it comes to smaller artists, um, what can they do? What can they do? I mean, especially if you, I mean, if you don't. You trying to be another host? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you guessing all the yeah, right questions? I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> what would you ask yourself? yourself. Yeah. 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 What, was the, what would be the next question you would ask yourself? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, these are all super good questions. And the reason I've been doing this now for almost for two and a half years. Yeah. My business has been open for two years. Like this 
you guys are asking the good questions. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, I think that what they can do is number one, go on to Weibo, W-E-I-B-O, and just look at that platform. Mm-hmm. You know, see what's going on. Like mm-hmm. uh, you can search, you can create an account. It's very easy. They have an English option. They have an international app on your phone. Like it's very easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think starting from there, like seeing who in China is talking about your stuff, it's it's so fun going into meetings with people and they're like, oh, can you look up this band and this yeah. band and this person and this person? And I definitely think that that's a start. Also, you know, for those who are distributing through any platform now distributes to Chinese platforms, mm-hmm. you know? So ask whether you're signed to a label, whether you work with a label, whether you work with just a distributor. It's like, ask whoever your regional office coordinator is, your project manager, whoever actually distributes your stuff, get a chart on China. Yeah, you know, see what's going on. Ask for links to your QQ QQ page and NetEase Music page. How do you spell those? QQ is just literally the letters QQ. Okay. Um, QQ Music. It's owned by Tencent, publicly traded company. Yeah, yeah. Probably you guys might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, multi, multi, multi billion dollars, and then NetEase. N E T E A S E. Yeah. NetEase oh, okay. Music. So you go look at those pages. They have a billion users each, just about. And like this, those are the pages that I'm talking about that you have your music living there, but your photos from 2013, mm-hmm. right? Your bios from when it was delivered in 2010. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, sure. at, you can be verified on there. You can be a verified mm-hmm. artist communicating with fans. Yeah. So it's right. There's so much that you can be doing that people just they you know they think that it's being handled. Yeah. You know, ask what's going on in India. For sure. Ask what's going on in Russia. No one ever sends those reports. Yeah. You know. So for the people that do download Weibo. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you warn against like, do not just post the same thing you post <laughs> on Instagram on that platform? No, you should absolutely do that because that's the easy, that's the it's easy the, end. It's first, you know. Step. Yeah. I think I think the first post should always be, "Hey, I'm this artist. I'm this brand. I'm this, and this is my official channel." So that people know that like that's where your post is living. It should be a selfie video or something. Selfie, so something. We you. always encourage yeah. all of our clients to give us a selfie video. Yeah. Um, to make it real and personal. Um, but I think that like. Yeah, mapping over what you post on Instagram feed into China's a huge like I said NBA food culture. If you love food, if you love the NBA, feed into that a bit more. Right. Almost every player in the NBA has a Weibo account. Almost everyone. It's like follow them, interact with them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and just post frequently. Yeah. You know. For sure. It's it's not like like people want the there's a billion people there. Yeah, totally. yeah. You know? Somebody gonna be online. Someone's <laughs> gonna yeah. Someone's gonna see <laughs> your stuff. Gonna someone's gonna want to see your right. stuff. You know? and, right. And then it's in, and then the language barrier is interesting for me to think. Totally. But I mean, here you are. Mm. You don't speak any Chinese, right? Right. But well, <laughs> I have a hack where my employees do. Okay. <laughs> so nice. all my yeah, there my whole go. team is Chinese. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, that's and cool. they all live here, which is nice. And then I also have people on the ground in Shanghai that jump into things when we need it. That are also Chinese, of course. Um, But the language barrier is an interesting topic as well because I forget the exact year, but there was a year where English, you know, just as you're taught Spanish in elementary school or middle school or whatever, your second language, right? Yeah. English is the second language to learn there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's taught super early on. A lot of people learn it. And a lot of people obviously live outside of China. Yeah. That are Chinese that still use the platforms. Yeah. Right? So it's not like if you can't speak Chinese, it's the end of the world. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you want to take it a step further, bring on a Chinese intern. Bring on someone that's in the music industry that work that is Chinese. Like, 
really dive into it if you want to. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the next sure. level, you know? Yeah, that's imagine, level. imagine Will Smith saying a message in Mandarin. Well, that's what he does. He does. Yeah. Oh, so we'll say, there, we'll, there you we, go. Yeah. Will so Smith. we have our team, you know, like when we're on the ground in Shanghai, we, we're standing there saying, this is how you pronounce it. And he goes over it, goes over it, goes over it. At the fifth time, he nails it. And then Will he's Smith. speaking in Chinese. It's Will yeah. Smith, you know? That's awesome. That's interesting because I, so I used to work with Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Yeah, of course. It's and amazing. He, yeah, and he has, uh, he definitely has somebody on his team that's dedicated to like China. Yeah. There's another person that helps with all his like Middle Eastern press and, and awareness and has Smart. different dedicated social accounts. You're a global artist, man. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. If you have the funds, if you, if you have the funds to hire someone full time, mm-hmm. it's a different story. Totally, it's a different ball game, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's just as easy as going to reaching out to the, your local school, whatever college it is. Yeah, their entertainment, marketing, digital media program, or whatever, and just asking to be connected to whoever runs it, so you can ask if they have any international Chinese students that are looking to get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. overnight you have a Chinese intern. That's amazing. Right. J- Japanese intern. Yeah. You have a this, and you know, N- Knox might be on the pro. That's right. Maybe uh, my company. Maybe um, what uh sonically. Trend wise, not yeah. even trend wise, but just adoption, consumption. Like, do you see? I mean, it is if all an artist, over the place. If, if, yeah, I mean, well, if an artist is doing well in yeah. the American market, does yeah. that generally generally a yes. signal that they'll do well there? Yeah, but it, it's definitely interesting though because it can it leads one or two ways, right? Yeah. So, like, we have an artist. This this one kid that I was working with, Nick Lopez. He has a few million singer songwriter in LA, like super mm-hmm. nice kid. He's been in the scene for a minute. He has a few million streams on his own music on mm-hmm. Spotify. In China, he's hundreds of millions because one of his songs went viral. Hundreds yeah. of millions of streams, right? That fire. Yeah. Then you have someone who, you know, we just started working yes, with. Very fire. Yeah, very fire. Singles about to take off in uh, <laughs> China. Yeah. That's, well, that's the running joke. With it could us. have already have. You I don't, don't know. know. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. You know, fire doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I moved off all American DSPs exclusively in China. <laughs> Man, it ha- it happens. It really does. There's like bands that go and tour China frequently that yeah. you, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, and um, but then you have the other other end of the spectrum. You know, we just started working with Omar Apollo, mm-hmm. phenomenal artist, twenty two year old kid from Indiana, yeah. like really, yeah. really cool, really like his engagement on Instagram today is the he's in the top two percent engagement on on across Instagram, yeah, because he has a few hundred thousand followers, and literally a hundred thousand of them are liking his posts. Forty mm. percent of his followers like his posts. Yeah, 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 like that's unheard of, and. In China, we just launched his account a day or two ago. He's 90 followers on Weibo. He's 900 fans on NetEase Music. Mm. You know, so it's a really developmental period for him. Yeah. Whereas Nick Lopez had a viral hit, has a few million streams here, and has hundreds of millions in China. Right. Right? So right. it's interesting. It's different for everyone. But usually, you know, like Billie Eilish is popping in China. I'm sure. She's popping everywhere. Lauv, yeah. Um, Justin Bieber. Like, you look at that sort of stuff and it's just Taylor Swift, game over. Getting yen, you know? baby. Getting yeah. yen. Yep. Um, <laughs> at what point is it, at what point do you think people should reach out to you? Like what is what is your ideal client to work on in terms of where they are in their career? So I, I still think from the start, mm-hmm. I think because, you know, I've given a lot of knowledge on this podcast. I've literally given people the keys to be like, you can do this. Don't believe everyone who's like, Oh, it's a Chinese, you know, download Google Chrome and get a Google Translate extension. Yeah. yeah. 
like be smart about it. Be like we're in, the, in an age where literally a website could be like translated like that. Right. You know? Um, and but we're always here to help and help navigate. Like I have someone who's looking at the info at eastcoastglobal.com email. And like we have a website that has like a you know, contact us yeah. section and everything. Um and I'm always here to give guidance strictly because when I was trying to do this for my artists that were on TV shows and touring and releasing in China, everyone was giving me the runaround. You can't launch your own Weibo channel outside of China. You can't do this. You can't do that. Meanwhile, I've been doing it for two years. Got him. Here. You know? Right. So to me, I'm like, it's never too early. It's never too late as well. Um, But it definitely helps if you are developing. You've created your voice. You know, a lot of people hit me up and they go, I have a track that I think could be huge in China. It's like, I'm like, what? Like, who told you? Why do you think that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, who's giving you this information? I'm like, what made you think that, like, it's going to be big in China? Right, right, right. You know? Um, So, I don't want anyone reaching out to me that, like, thinks their stuff's going to be big in China. Mm -hmm. It's like, you have to have a voice. You have to be developed. You have to actually be working. And, uh, like, it's like you said, like, don't look for the easy way shortcut. Yeah. It's like, you, boots on the, fucking ground yeah right, right, right. you know like yeah, sure. hit the ground running like yeah download weibo before you talk to me yeah right totally. not because i'm trying to be an asshole but because it's like well that's, try that's to, the least you should do i mean try to understand yeah what you're getting into before you just blindly reach out and go here you know what like we'll pay you some money to do this it's like man like get your streaming reports from china right you know see what's going on in socials all that sort of stuff totally totally yeah what do you think um and i know this is, this group isn't necessarily like solely china but yeah 88 Rising. What do you think they've done well at? They've they've really bridged a culture further than it has ever gone before. Mm-hmm. And by culture, I mean like young hip hop, pop, um, alternative music. Like a lot of people don't realize, you know, they don't just put China on the map. Like Rich Brian is a Malaysian artist. You know, like right. Joji is from the States. Like um, who else? the Higher Brothers are from China. They have a ton of other artists that are really doing stuff substantially mm-hmm. like very great stuff and they're right. Korean and they're Malaysian and they're Taiwanese and they're this and they're that. What do you think has enabled that success? Definitely you know how it's like um who you know like Omar Apollo started popping off on SoundCloud. Bieber started popping off on YouTube, right? 88 Rising definitely I I think personally I can't speak from real experience but like I think that they had their moment on YouTube when they had artists Popping art, they had they had Gold Link, yeah. They had um, Flatbush Zombies. They had um, Tory Lanes. They had a few other like really prominent actors, but each in their own lanes. Like New York, you have you have L.A., you had Chicago, you had the, all these other places. Mm-hmm. Watch a Rich Brian video when he used to be Rich Chiga, mm-hmm. and they were like rappers react to Rich Brian. And you watch that, and now New York knows about him because this person was in it. LA knows about him because this rapper is in it. Chicago knows about him because that rapper's in it. And overnight, they built this channel where it was like all these Asian artists they were hosting on their YouTube channel. It was almost like a multi channel network. Right. So it was like Rich Brian's videos were there, um, Dumbfounded's videos were there, Keith Ape's videos were there. All these people that were like Keith Ape was big in Korea, Rich Brian was big in Malaysia, eventually right. crossed over. And so they were that platform for Asia. 
mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Um, and then you had people like Far East Movement, Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you have the Jabberwockies, who a lot of those guys are Asian. So it just hit at the, like, the very right time. Whereas you had Jabberwockies on TV, you had YouTube Takeover, you had Far East Movement, who were popping with their songs, and you had artists that were starting to tour Asia a bit more and, like, grab an understanding of it. Um, and then hip hop coming out of these places, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, like this is culturally acceptable. Like mm-hmm. this is cool. You totally, know? Totally. Yeah. So I think that they definitely lend a hand in like the the bigger discussion of um really breaking down barriers, like mm-hmm. borders and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? It's awesome. Yeah. Um I definitely love too. I mean, they have just content production as somebody that like works in media too. I the think content like production's so- on point. And just like yeah. With frequency too, that, like yeah. half their team, they're like staff from a yeah. content side, and I feel like as you start to look, I mean, international, east, west, or not, even if you're just focused in like yep. the U.S. alone, like I feel labels and management companies are going to shift over the course of the next like five to ten years to really start yeah. developing in-house content teams, and that's why you have people like The Rock has a content team that's around yeah. him at all times. Right, Will Smith has a content team. There's a reason why these people are the most successful influential influential people in the world. It's because they're playing into their strengths. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. a it's a no-brainer at this point. If you can do it, do yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Um, and put it out consistently. Totally. You know, like at the end of the day, like you are an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You are musicians are entertainers. Like feed into that. Yeah. You know? right. For sure. For yeah. sure. Cool, man. This is tight. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is yeah, tight. Dude. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah dude. for sure. Yeah. Knowledge bumps. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate thank all, you the, for having all the wisdom. Um, where can people find you on the on the webs? Um, so company is just East Goes Global. A lot of people think it's Coast, but it's not. It's East <laughs> Goes Global. Just at East Goes Global everywhere. We're on everywhere from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Weibo. We're on Chinese social media. There it is. Um, personals is just at Andrew Spalter. And then our company website is www.eastgoesglobal.com. Simple as that. Boom. Got it. Music Business Podcast. We out. Yes. That's another, it. Another week, another episode. <laughs> First Thank LA you guys. one. Woo. Bang, bang. Woo. Another day, another UN. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. That I'm you, on a whole different path now for the bag, man. That, that UN bag hits different. On a different. whole different path for the bag, man. But but nah, I thought, I thought that episode was like... I feel like I say this every week, man. We just, you know, we 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 hitting out the park, man. We got great, we got great guests now. Andrew's yeah. a great guest, one of my favorites. We've been had great guests though. Yeah, I know, but like you know, I keep saying one of my favorites, one of my favorites. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it really enjoyed hearing his approach, and I think to be able to understand the uh, his perspective, is somebody that's literally running some of the world's biggest stars accounts, Will Smith. Um, to helping different emerging artists and, and artists with more traction scale into these Eastern markets to me is fascinating. And I ultimately think too, a lot of the artists we work with, it's something I have not even considered. Yeah. But the the market is there and with some, ta- and not to say it's a super light lift, but I think the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. And I think right. it is for me, a big takeaway walking away from this cannot overlook how to activate and grow in that Eastern market. It makes no sense to overlook and it. And a huge takeaway from, from me for this is start now. Do yeah. it now. You yeah. don't have to wait. Yeah. You can you can get to know the market now. You can get to know the trends now. You can do all this stuff yourself. He even said during the podcast, I gave you guys all the keys. Yeah. You know, put in the work. Yeah. Obviously, 
what he does is what he's going to do all the time. So, you know, his company can obviously help people in a lot of ways that they can't help themselves. But you can start doing the work right now. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, so the U.N. is waiting. The U.N. is waiting. <laughs> we out. <laughs>